0: So I'm about to leave the house to go off to teach my Feldenkrais class, which I teach every week, to my U3A students, that's University of the Third Age. So they're all retired people or people over, I'm not sure what the age limit is who come along and they pay a $50 a year membership fee and they can go to as many classes as they want. And I don't get paid for doing it, but I'm happy to do it and I enjoy it. And it was a good way for me to start teaching a regular class so I could get used to it. So as I'm preparing myself to go, I've got the usual mix of contradictory things going on in me. The, the blend between over-preparing for the lesson and under-preparing. So over-preparing would be having spent hours upon hours writing down every word, memorising everything, practicing myself doing the lesson, practicing delivering the lesson, practicing different ways of phrasing the instruction, different tones of voice, different speeds. There are so many subtleties and nuances in how to teach a lesson that you could spend an infinity of time preparing a certain lesson. But balanced with that is I want to go under-prepared. I don't want to do all that over-preparing because a it's very boring and tedious and prevents me doing all the other things that I have to do in my life and if I go over-prepared with a complete speech fully memorised then I'm not exercising my creativity. I'm not exercising my resourcefulness. I'm not getting better or allowing myself the chance to improve at the skill of coming up with the instructions of coming up with all the nuances and the ways of describing the movements and the the attention cues. So giving them attentional cues as to what part of their body to pay attention to in this particular movement, what thing to notice, about how their hips are also moving even though the instruction is about their shoulders etc and I want to be able to eventually show up to a lesson completely unprepared and come up with the lesson in the moment because I've got so much I will have so much experience and such a bank of memories of possible lessons and movements and how they all fit together and what the correct sequence would be and what the possible variations would be. And I would base that on the mood I'm in, what lesson I did last week, who the audience are, who's there today and who isn't there today and what I know they find easy or difficult. So there's that mixture of over-preparing and under-preparing. And then there's that mixture of... um, I'm feeling self-satisfied because I'm getting better at teaching these lessons, at showing up and doing a good job and simultaneously criticizing myself because why have I still got this thing about preparing, how much to prepare, why am I underprepared again, why am I still finding it difficult uh, and taking a long time to prepare, just lists of criticisms of my performance, um, my choice of lesson, how long it takes me to prepare it, how well I deliver it, how well I did deliver it last week, Um, muddled up with moments of pleasure because I did something well or because I'm improving because I can tell that overall over this past almost a year that I've been doing this, I have been improving and there's good lessons and bad lessons but they seem to on the whole get a lot out of it otherwise they wouldn't keep showing up. And then that's the other mixture. Then the next mixture is, should I continue to do this lesson or should I stop? Should I continue to do a lesson for free when I could be charging? Should I do another different lesson with younger people so that I've got more possibilities of what lessons to teach and I'm not as bound by knowing that there's a few things that physically they're going to have trouble with? um so should i continue should i not and then my um yeah so all those those um contradictory states of mind regarding this makes me think of i'm in the house And I'm about to go somewhere and I leave the house and there's a deluge outside there's emotions uh, that are negative and criticism there's no you shouldn't be doing this and oh you're underprepared and you're terrible and then there's the opposite there's oh you're doing really good you're teaching really well they're really enjoying it and you've prepared exactly the right amount and yes of course you want to continue with this because it's fantastic practice. And it's like a little micro example of life in general is going forth, thinking you have a clear path, thinking you know you're where you're going, and then discovering that there's storms and winds and things buffeting you and actually your motivations are mixed. You you want to go forward but you also want to go left and maybe you want to go right. And I don't know if this is common to everybody or if I'm just weird but I suspect it's common to most people and one of the things that I've found that I've gradually learned to do when I'm buffeted by these storms is to try and stay centered and grounded which sounds very oversimplifying but what I mean by that or what I have found, this is what I've played with and what I've discovered, is there's certain things I can do in those moments that will bring me back to a place of greater calm. The first thing is listen to ideally the birds, if there are birds. But if there's no birds, then listen to whatever sounds there are. And again, ideally it would be the leaves, the the wind, sound of wa- running water. But if the only sounds available are something blaring, um, whippersnipper, cars driving by, airplane, those are a little bit more challenging but they're still sounds to focus on. Sometimes I focus on my own tinnitus as a sound. So just sounds, any sound, and to focus on them without analyzing them. And if the sounds happen to be words of people speaking without paying attention to what they're saying. So it's just the sound that's listening and that I'm listening to. And that will calm me down really fast and bring me back to just being in my body as opposed to thinking about things. The second technique that really helps me is to notice or to pay attention to and fully sense my contact with the ground so if i'm standing that's going to be my feet so that's a very small area of contact but even with just two feet you can still pay attention to Uh, have you got more weight on the left foot or the right foot? Have you got more weight on the heel? What points on your foot exactly are weighing into the ground? And if you were on one of those pressure pads that they have at certain shoe shops, what areas would be red and which areas would be orange and yellow and green and blue, showing the amount of pressure. And to just feel into those areas of pressure, map it out mentally and be aware of them, sense them. That's the second one. Um, The third one, that is, oh, and with the contact with the floor, obviously if you're lying on the ground on your back or if you're lying on the ground on your side or if you're lying on your stomach, then focus on all those areas and how much, which areas are more heavy than others, map it out in the same way. Another way of mapping is to think of the parts of you in contact with the ground are the land masses on a map and the parts of you which are not in contact with the ground are the oceans on a map. So to do that, so first one was noticing the sound, second one was noticing contact with the floor, third one is midline, just take the awareness to the midline of the body. So this is a Feldenkrais technique and it is based on neurological things which I don't understand and can't explain but it is actually based on neurological physiology Um, just focusing on your midline so it can be mentally drawing a line that starts say at your belly button although it could start anywhere and then you just track the line up the middle of you up your sternum um, up your neck under your chin up to your lips across your nose etc etc and you go all the way around your body and down your back and back up underneath you and back up to your belly button and you can just track that line round and round or there's other ways where you can imagine a plane, an imaginary, like a pane of glass or just the abstractness of the plane of symmetry between your left and right uh, and imagine that. So bringing your attention to your midline is my third technique for for centering myself when I'm buffeted. The fourth one is the breath focusing on what parts of you are moving whenever you breathe so this is not about fixing it correcting it or doing it a certain way it's purely about observing and noticing it so you're not trying to do it a certain way you're just a scientist noticing how your body is moving in this moment in time in this position you're in when you breathe what expands what contracts where contracts and expands more is it more on the left is it more on the right is it more in the belly is it more on the chest which part of the chest which part of the belly etc in as much detail as possible and lastly inner sensations and this could be anything it could be your tummy rumbling it could be um, hiccups it could be a pain in your ankle it could be a numbness in your fingertips it could be a tingling of your lips it's any internal sensation and once more there's no judging there's no analyzing there's no fear-mongering it's purely observational so it's not oh shit I've still got that pain that's really bad or oh shit I'm uncomfortable in my shoulder why is that oh that's so annoying there's none of that It's entirely as though you were this unbiased reporter who has been sent to observe a particular body and is making notes and observing that body and is not in any way judging anything as being good or bad or indifferent or right or wrong or indicative of some sickness or indicative of anything. It's just purely observational. Um, Obviously, I've done that very briefly and um, it would need um, hours of lectures to go through that much more in depth and actually take you through the experience um, somatically so you felt it but um, that is just what's helped me of course there are lots of other techniques and what I've just described you can you can take an hour to do it you can take all day to do it or you can do it in a split second and you don't have to do all of them sometimes there's only time in the moment to do one of them really 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 quickly but even if that's the case I still find it incredibly helpful Um, and I do it during my class I do it while I'm actually teaching because I find myself getting tense I find myself thinking oh I forgot to say that and now it's too late and oh I can't remember the next instruction and oh I didn't want to look at my notes and now I'm going to have to and all this shit's going on and if I do one of those things while I'm teaching it really helps me to just not care to just get on with it do my best and that's when I do come up with stuff that's really creative and that's when I do my best work so just a little um little diatribe for today done thanks for listening have a great day